everybody. Thank you so much for joining for episode three of VH Hunties with Kyle and Ben. Once again, I'm Kyle. And I'm Ben. And it's our third episode. We did it, Joe. That is for us. We did it, Joe. How are you doing, Kyle? I have had a great week, Ben. Great week. I was over, I was up in Portland visiting my friend, Sarah. She lives, she's been living in Portland for the past three years. And it was just like, she's like one of my best friends. And it's just like a nice little like, oh, so first of all, I got a job. So I'm going to be moving back to LA in two weeks, which I'm so excited about. LA so dearly. Thank you. Thank you. Hold your applause. But so I went on like a little goodbye trip to say bye to my friend, Sarah, and just to hang out. Um, and it was just so nice. You know, I feel like I've been trying to get in the habit of like actually expressing my love and appreciation for people in my life. Cause I feel like that's not something that I have historically been super good at doing. So it was just like very nice to have like this, like not only quality time together, but be like, Hey, I'm here. Cause you mean a lot to me and I'm excited to spend this time together. And it was just like a very nice couple of days. Oh, that sounds so and lovely. I'll no longer be unemployed in a couple of weeks. So when you did it, you, you've overcome this period of limbo in your life. It's I'm so thankful. It has been wearing me down, even if I try to hide it, which I don't. (laughs) (laughs) Your social media presence makes a difference. You do not try to hide it. Um, I know. I don't. That sounds amazing. And I remember the first time you went, you're like, I'm going to Portland and then I'm back for a night and then I'm going to Vermont. And I was just Mm -hmm. like, or something. And I was like, wow, you're flying all the way to Oregon from Boston? And then you're only to go. And then I realized there's a Portland, another Portland. And I was like, oh. It's funny because, like, I, it seems excessive, but it wasn't. It was very reasonable. That's like, I grew up. You grew up, like, with that was your Portland. That was my default Portland. So, like, it's normal for me to default to the main Portland, even though it is objectively the second rate Portland. No offense to me main people yeah no i guess that makes sense because i'm a pacific northwester at heart and so i'm like my portland like i was like there is one portland and it is portland oregon it's saying portland seattle vancouver it's the triumvirate of the pacific northwest that yeah okay so that makes sense why we were both like naturally default to a different portland with zero explanation to the other person yeah we just have different cultural contexts for like what portland means to us but that sounds like a great little trip. Are you happy to be home with your kitty? I missed oatmeal dearly. I, like, don't like spending more than a day or two away from her. So it's very emotional when we get reunited. And she always gives me a lot of peeps and meows when I come back. So it's been very sweet. She, you. That's when I walk she, back in the room. She gives a little grumble. And then she, she steals then, a half a loaf of bread. Honestly, that was the best thing I've seen today. And, like, I have rewatched it so many times. We'll post like, it. On the Instagram. Uh, we'll post it. She, like, so my cat Oatmeal normally steals, like, a nibble or two of food, but today she straight up stole, like, a full half a loaf of bread and was just carrying around the house. It was wrapped up. She didn't eat it. She just wanted to carry this bread around. With what purpose, who knows, but I'm sure she I, had one. She was probably going to eat it. Like, she probably was going to a corner somewhere. Like, that's her prey. Like, she was hunting. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And she was like, let me get that bread. Uh, I'm surprised she didn't growl at you. She usually yells at me whenever I take her food, but today she was very peaceful and relinquishing the bread. I think it's because she didn't get a taste before she had to give it up. It was still in the wrapper. So I think that's the only reason we're still on speaking terms today. That's good. 
But yeah, so it's been a wild couple days. Thank you. What about you? How's your week? How's your cat? Anything exciting to report on? No, nothing really. I've just been like really like diving or like attempting to dive back into work. That's been like an interesting like reallocation of my mental energy. So that's good. And I'm trying to plan a trip to come to California. Um, And that's just been a bit of a slog. Which, for reasons I won't get into, just because I have a visa, and so I'm like, I need a signature, I think. And how I'm going to get the signature remains to be determined. (laughs) But um, there's that. And then other than that, it's just been nice. Like, we had some cooler weather. I've been going to the movies. That's so nice. Yeah. What what part of, like, Stanford, like, going back to Stanford for a little bit, or? It depends where I go, and, like, who's available so i need to like first i need to be able to book a ticket which means i need to have my visa up thingy mm-hmm. signed i think but they also haven't answered me on that and then it's like straw poll who's in california <laughs> so and so well, that'll be fun well i hope it works fun. out and i hope you continue to chill in the meantime yeah it's been nice i went on a nice bike ride got some sun my cat is good i don't know where she is right now but she does steal food from me Aww. sometimes, but she doesn't like run away with it. She just like eats it in front of me in the show of dominance. Wow. And I'm just like, that's your chicken, I guess. That's, I mean, when you get a Maine Coon, like she's going to be like 25 pounds. So like, I would be scared of her too. I know my little rat's capping out at like 10, 12 pounds. So I'm safe, but. I wonder if mm-hmm. Buffy's catching up to Miss Meal. How much did you weigh now? I don't know, probably like five, six pounds. Oh. I haven't weighed her in a while, so. When we go to the vet to get her nails trimmed, because I'm too much of a baby to trim her nails, like. Oh, that'll be fun. I don't want her to be mad at me. Like, I don't want, I don't want that trauma. Yeah. In our relationship. So I fully am just like, someone else is doing it. That's so fair. Oatmeal has fully brought me to tears cutting her nails and brushing her fur because she just doesn't like it and she just meows and runs away so I end up crying out of like both frustration and not wanting to cause my child harm even though I know it's on harm I know it's part of being a pet owner but it's so like it's, it's like traumatic to like see your animal mad at you yeah I just don't want them to be mad at me I think that's my biggest um fear I don't know if I could go on a reality show to for, to compete for Brett Michael's heart with a child. I don't know how some of these girls are doing it. Yeah, I mean, that's the perfect segue to dive back into Rock of Love, Season 1, Episode 3, Motocross. Is it Moto or Motor? I thought it was Motor, but I typed in Moto just to see, and the little red squiggly didn't come up on Autocorrect, so I huh. think it might be Moto. Interesting. You see, the show is educating us. Like, I'm learning so much about cultures I I don't dabble in. Have you ever motocrossed? I haven't, but I have Hashimoto's, so I've been saying Hashimoto cross all day, and I just think it's funny to think about a bunch of lethargic people with thyroid issues trying to bike around. So that that has been my connection to the moto community. (laughs) Well, I mean, that's a stronger connection than some of these girls have to the moto community, (laughs) as we soon learn. But why don't you take us into the beginning of the episode, Kyle? What do we see? Last episode, we learned a lot about this divide in the house that has many names we have the bitchy girls versus the slutty girls we have the varsity squad 
And now we get like another name in the clearest definition of the teams we have so far. So the episode opens, no context, no nothing. It's just Heather going in. She's like, listen, we have our teams. It's the bad girls versus the good girls. And the bad girls are Heather, Brandy C, Lacey, and Christia. And the good girls are Magdalena, Aaron, Jess, Mia, Sam, and Dallas. And like, again, this is the same divide we've seen multiple times, just with zero consistency in names. It's fascinating to see the party lines are holding strong. It is. And then we have Brandy M and Rodeo, who seem like they're non aligned. Yeah, they're but just I'm doing also their own unclear thing. about that. So But this is also the moment where following Heather's definition of social boundaries. Lacey says, if you remember from last week, Lacey is a devout animal rights lover, loves PETA, the whole shebang, and she has established her vendetta against Dallas, and it is her personal mission to eliminate Dallas. This is the second time we've started an episode with a personal vendetta. Because last week it was Heather and Brandy C's mission to get Aaron out of the house. And this time we open right up with Lacey being like, Dallas will go home tonight. So this is just becoming a theme week by week. It's so interesting because it almost implies that they feel like they have some sort of ability to eliminate or participate in the elimination. Of someone, and I'm like, it's not your decision if Dallas goes home, Lacey. Like, that's up to Brett. Like, I guess, like, you could, like, try to sway Brett, but then it's like, why are you trying to manipulate Brett into doing something? Because this is a dating show, this isn't, like, Survivor? Or something? Yeah, and we've seen last week that the strategy just, as it stands going into this episode, has a 0% success rate, so... Yeah, like, what she's is going it, for. maybe it's more of a fear. I don't know. Like with Aaron, I think it definitely like instilled fear because Aaron was oh, in the bo- sure. was the last one to get a pass. So maybe it's like that in and of itself is seen as a victory. If that's a victory, that's a shitty victory because they're still yeah. there. And now all you've done is like basically made an enemy of someone. Yeah, and give them free airtime. Aaron got far more airtime than she would have otherwise. Like, oh, exactly. She came out on top. <laughs> Yeah, and, like, there's no winners or losers in this. Like, everyone will lose except one person. Yeah. But why and make it more stressful? even the person who wins has to date Brett Michaels. So is there really a winner? No offense to Brett Michaels. It's just not my cup of tea. Maybe yeah. he lays good pipe. I refuse to believe it, but you tell me they'll come around to it someday. So we're still waiting. Week three and it still isn't it. But we have three hot and heavy seasons, so who knows? And then speaking of hot and heavy, things get pretty hot and heavy-esque on the date that the ladies go on. Like, this episode doesn't fuck around with timing. It's like, no, these two social things, we got a challenge. They dive right into this challenge. And as you mentioned, our challenge is a motocross challenge led by Mercedes Gonzalez, who is a nine-time world champion, and Charity Okerson, who Brett mentions is a soon-to-be nine-time world champion. So I hope she got it. That would be embarrassing if he had to backtrack on that after the show aired. But they seem to be full legends in their own right and really teach these girls the ropes of motocross. And so before they get the challenge, they're initially instructed on to put on the gear. And this is how you ride a motocross bike. 
because I don't think many of these women have. Like, I've never been on one. It seems kind of scary. No. So they run them through the ropes, and as they're doing it, Magdalena, or do you want to say her nickname? Because I can't say it properly. I thought, so the nickname that they gave her is Magdi Anderthal, which I thought was so mean. It's like, so this woman cool. is tall. Yeah. She has legs for days that is, like, half the reason she's still here. Brett loves her legs. And these girls are coming after her just for being, like, a five foot eleven Glamazon woman. Like, yeah, I hated that. It's so horrible. They say it in relation to Ship. In this case of how she can't seem to put her helmet on. Which, like, I've put on motorcycle helmets and, like, they don't seem that difficult. And it's not like she has a lot of hair. So I don't really know what was going on there, but literally as one of the instructors is trying to push this helmet on Magdalena's head, she pisses herself. And that's where I was confused. Like, clearly a lot of effort had to go on to put this helmet on, but never in my life have I, like, strained myself trying to fit into something so much that I piss myself on the spot. Like... If anything, commitment, and I respect it. Was she already in the jumpsuit, and she was like, I don't have to pee that bad, but then she put it on, and was like, getting all the gear on, and was like, fuck, Mm. I have to pee. And then she was laughing, too, right? Dangerous combo. And then, so maybe she pissed herself. But also unclear, but like, was she drunk? No, they weren't drunk yet. The drinking hadn't started at this moment. And if they let a bunch of amateur motocross bikers have a couple of cocktails before this that would just be like objectively irresponsible like there is no way i think she fully just pissed herself okay but it it, that it would be objectively irresponsible but i wouldn't be surprised because i also find this whole premise of the date is very dangerous as it was leaving my mouth i was like these girls definitely drank before this (laughs) like (laughs) Like, as much as you wish they didn't they I mean, they have a few mimosas, you go on a date, and it's like, oh, we're doing motocross. I'd be like, well, fuck. But some of the girls, they, like, show the girls practicing a little bit after they get all geared up, and some of the girls do really decent. Like, Mia, Lacey, and Rodeo are just zipping around, doing a real good job. Like, they seem like the ones to watch today. Oh, definitely. And then we also get sort of like a soup, not a super cut, but a lot of focus paid to Dallas, who... Seems to have no control over the bike, but likes to go fast. Zero, full commitment, zero control. Which, again, I respect. Respect, but I feel like that's a dangerous combination. Oh, for sure. And it definitely comes back to bite her. Oh, absolutely. And then another big moment, sort of before they really dive into the meat of the challenge, is Rodeo is just talking about how riding that bike and thinking about Brett, is just really getting her going. Like, she could, she probably did have an orgasm on the motocross bike. I oh, would not you know, the, the vibration in the motors and the bumps, she rode that bike to the finish line like it was nothing else in so many senses. Oh my god, like, and if she was almost going to, like, come on Brett's leg, like, last oh, week that's right. on the date, yeah. from just singing and grinding against him, you know it was this was game over for Rodeo. I just love how much she leans into the fact that she's, like, horny. You know, like, it's weird when Brett does it, but, like, I like when Rodeo does it. And Rodeo does it in a way, but I think it's because it's only in her talking heads where there's, like, no, like, it never can, it never is weaponized against her. Yeah. Right? Like, the other girl, 
would be like, oh, you're such a stupid bitch slut. Blah, blah, blah. But Rodeo, like, it's more of like, we know, the viewer knows that Rodeo likes to get down. That's fair. But the girlies don't. And like, I know, I think it's, I think what's gross to me about Brett doing it, which like, I know this is part of it, it's like, he will talk about whatever woman is closest to him in that manner. Whereas like, granted, Brett is the only man in the vicinity, but like, I just think it seems like a product of Rodeo just being like stupid smitten over Brett. And she's like, I want to fuck my man. And I just think that's so cute. I yeah, sure. Part. Like, I'm not here. I'm not like anti it. Do I think it's cute? Like, I'm neutral on it. Like, I'm like, okay. good for you, Rodeo. Speak your speak your truth. If you're horny, you're horny. You know? We love that. Be open and honest. We love it. But, the, I mean, they do a pretty, they do a pretty go- good job getting their practice laps in, getting their rocks off, maybe. And then it's revealed that we're going to have to split up into teams. So, a couple of team captains are assigned. We have Heather, Magdalena, and Aaron assigned as team captains, and they get to pick their teams. I was going to say, like, I haven't, I really, like, I tried watching it back, and I was like, how did they pick these team captains? Okay, I'm glad you didn't know either, because, so Ben and I had it as our homework last night to, to find out how they assign team captains, and there's just no rhyme or reason to it, it seems like. I think these three women, maybe they were pulled out of a hat again, like the phone sex challenge, but they're the team captains. Yeah, it seems like there were three who were really solid motocross cyclers. Mm. motocross cyclers maybe i don't know i personally would have had rodeo as a team captain easy and so they go down the line and they like schoolyard pick the teams which leads yeah. to some interesting dynamics on the blue team which is captained by heather i th- so the blue team and the purple team had the roughest go of it because i think magdalena had first pick which means she avoided for lack of better words the bottom of the barrel the most and then Erin had the second to last pick. So she was torn between Brandy C, who has since become her arch nemesis, and Dallas, who was just openly the worst rider of the bunch. So Erin very begrudgingly picks Brandy C for her team, which leaves Dallas. Poor Dallas, last pick, and has to ride on the blue team with her nemesis, Lacey, which I just thought was, like, rough on all fronts. Do you think it was really produced, that moment, to, like, get them on the same team i don't i don't think so i mean it seemed like a pretty regulation schoolyard pick i know tell me what you're thinking i feel like you think otherwise well i feel like it was like part of me is like maybe they were told to like pick dallas last or like i think there definitely is like some incentive to having them be on the same team because it helps add to the conflict for sure so i think it was kind of produced but i think I think Aaron had to actually think really long and hard about it and was like, fuck, I guess I'll, I'll play ball. That's because it makes m- more tension with Aaron and Brandy. See, like if they were on a date together. Oh yeah. I didn't even think about them being on a date together. That's rough. Yeah. So I think it was a little produced, but like, I also love the drama. Love it. Can't get enough of it. That's why we're here. On the blue team. We, it's Captain my Heather. We have Lacey, Christian, and Dallas. And then on the pink team, that's captured by Magdalena, we have Rodeo, Brandy, M, and Sam. And then finally, the purple team is Aaron, Brandy, C, Mia, and Jess. If you had to hop onto this, what, one of these teams, which one are you going for? Oh, pink, over. Absolutely. Are you kidding me? Like, Rodeo dominated practice. Magdalena's incompetent. So did Brandy, M. And Sam, I guess, is the clunker on that team, but she still pulled it out. 
um, I would rather be on that team. Like, no, zero question. That's, you'd be competing against me in the blue team then, because I would be all in. Between Heather and Lacey on the same team, I'm, like, sold. That's my winning team right there. Okay, but then you also have Christiane Dallas, who, like, objectively are bad at this challenge. Like, you wouldn't have got the date. I would be hanging out with Brett in a basement. Maybe I would have brought us back from the depths. Who knows? Yeah, maybe. Or you just would have become best friends <laughs> with Heather. <laughs> that exactly also is a possibility. It. Yeah, and so we're going to take a quick break, but when we get back, we're going to dive into the motocross relay race. Kyle, let's explain the motocross relay race. What is a relay okay. race? So we have our teams, and they now have to do, like you said, relay race. So one person from each team is going to start off, do a lap, and once that person ends, the next person goes, and first team to complete every person doing a lap gets to win a date with Brett. So we have a challenge ready to go for us. The women, they're off to the races. The first lap, it's Lacey versus Jess versus Brandy M. And the first lap, honestly, like, it throws me for a loop. Because Jess and Brandy M, like, do fine. They're pretty neck and neck the, the whole time. But Lacey, who had been, like, one of the stronger people in the challenge and had, like, talked herself up as being fairly experienced, immediately takes a dive, falls off the bike, and just has no idea how to start it back up. Like, she's ready to get back up and at it, but the bike just won't start. And she doesn't know what to do. I feel like Lacey built herself up to be more knowledgeable about this than she actually was. Mm -hmm. Because as we see her struggling to restart the, the bike, we cut to Heather and Brett, who are just hanging out together. Just chatting like pals. We don't Love see it. any of the other women. Own. Yeah. None of the other women are t- talking to Brett. And then Heather's like, should I go, can I go fix it for her? And Heather runs in and saves the day. And knows exactly what to do with this bike. Like, women who yeah. are like, someone who's actually experienced on this bike, like, Heather got her back up, started her off, and she was off to the races once again. But yeah, Jess and Brandy M do fine. They finish off their lap neck and neck. And the second lap gets passed off to Christy, Brandy C, and Sam. And I know Brandy C and Sam were like by no means the top picks, but they keep their they they keep their teams pretty neck and neck and in the running. Like they do a really solid job on their lap. I think it was definitely a function of um Jess and Brandy M doing well. Mm-hmm. And then Brandy C and Sam not doing great, but the same level of not doing great. That's so, so it fair. maintained the momentum. Like they're very balanced competitors. And then Christia, who is charged with pulling up the rear for the blue team, really does not rise to the occasion. She just scoots along that track, which she doesn't fall. Like, good for her. Safety first. But this is a race girl. Like, floored a little bit. The third lap is when things start to get more equal between Heather, Erin, and Magdalena. Yeah. Heather helps them catch up. Like, she talked herself up as having experience, and it showed. Like, she was like, 
I'll be back in a minute, Brett, throws on a helmet, and just rides it. And really helps yeah. them catch up, but at this point, there's little to be done for the blue team, especially in the final lap between Dallas, Mia, and Rodeo. Okay, I'm going to be... So first of all, if I had to go up in the final lap against Rodeo, this would be like one of those moments in like Drag Race All-Stars 5, which I feel like has come up in every episode, but like you walk in the workroom and you see Shea Coulee and you turn around and go home. Like if I had to go up in the final lap against Rodeo, I would just lay my back down and be like, let's get drinking. I can't do this. Like give the woman the crown, you know? But that is not Dallas's approach. And homegirl, she knows her team's been in last the whole time. She sits on that bike and she floors it. She is wanting this date with Brett. And And she honestly does good. You think she's going to pull it off. You think you're like, wow, oh my God, underdog redemption. She's Dallas is doing it, but she's going so fast. And she hits that first bump and flies the fuck off the bike. It was like one of those YouTube videos that you would have just watched and repeat in your friend's basement in like the mid 2000s. And that's all there was to do. Like she flies off that bike. And she's on the ground for a minute before, once again, Heather and Brett run up and are like, are you okay? And Dallas says, I think I broke my tailbone. And it seems to be a joke, but I'm like, you really could have broken your tailbone. Yeah. Like, you flew and and you hit the ground hard. And she laughs it off well, but there was notably no medical attention shown, either in the moment nor later in the night. And like, that just concerns me because I feel like anytime you have a dating show like this, if you have oh the God, chance to yeah. show ambulances, you show the ambulance. That just gets the audience in for what's happening on next week. So I yeah, think absolutely. they might have just like let this woman fly off the bike and just okay. Get so back you on know the there was no medics, <laughs> or maybe they were on break. There were so many things that could have happened. And then while this is taking place. Mia is doing a good job, but Rodeo rides it like a rodeo, which I believe she says, and I was like, I don't quite get that, but I know it's a play on your name at an actual rodeo, but I'll accept it then. But she takes it home. And, and you know the entire time, like, she was just, like, riding right into Brett's arms. She was riding with the, like, vision in her head of, like, jumping into Brett's arms, having, like, a spinning kiss moment, be like, oh my god, you won my heart. And I just love that for her. I don't know oh. if she created this fantasy, but this is the fantasy I've created for her, and I hope she loved it. She would totally do the huju, the hug jump. Ooh, a huju. I like a that. A huju, yeah. Thank you, Bachelor Nation. Um, a huju. Where they do the thing where they run and jump into someone's arms, so when they go on a date, like, the women usually go, ooh. I love that. I'm going to use this term now. They hood, yeah. Like, Rodeo would totally huju. And then promptly fuck Brett Michaels. Oh, for sure. Like it uh, would be a hujufu, hujufu, hug jump. Hujufu, yeah, yeah. Hujufu, yeah, it'd be yeah, a hujufu, yeah. which like kind of kinky, dangerous. It could be fun. Kinky. But my friends and I, in undergrad, we created this like fake sex position that everyone like always wanted to try out. That the huju, the hujufu would be perfect to run into. We call it the starfish, where the guy stands there, hands and legs out, erect. And the woman just jumps on, and then somehow you get her to do a full 360 spin so that you're both starfish. So I bet you could do a uh, hujufu into a starfish with 
to acrobatic people. Yeah, and like a lot of strength. Rodeo could pull it off. I don't know if Ruck could. I think he's the limiting factor here, but Rodeo could absolutely <laughs> do Rodeo a could absolutely do it. Like, the physics of it, I'm like, damn, that's hard. Where I'm not about that life. It's such a different play on the term starfish, is usually when you say someone's a starfish, it means they're boring and just lay there. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But this no, is this like is this is a reclaiming of starfish, starfish and proud. Yeah, starfish and, and proud. So our purple team takes home the win for the motocross race. So Magdalena, Rodeo, Brandy, M, and it's Sam have a lovely team. date on the horizon. The pink team. What did I say? You said purple. I was looking at the word pink, and I somehow still said purple. <laughs> I don't know how I messed. I'm not even on. wearing any purple. Maybe you're looking at like the purple of the sound waves. I'm not, I'm not, I was looking at the word pink. <laughs> that was fully just my brain. Your brain had a little bloop. But speaking yeah. of people who have a little bloop, there's a lot of shit that goes down after this date. Oh my god. And it starts right away. Like, these women don't even get home when they're fighting. Oh yeah, well, like, I mean, you put a bunch of, you put 12 women in a limo with booze, what do you think's gonna happen? On Rock of Love, like, it's a recipe for disaster. It was, it was just out of control. So Lacey and Dallas just go at it immediately on the way home from the challenge. They're in the limo screaming, yelling, talking about meat, talking about leather, and it is just an extension of this animal rights battle that's been going on for days now. And it does but, not seem to be letting up. Yeah, but like I just want to say, it's like Lacey started it. Like oh, Lacey, Lacey in this episode, it. it's like we had mentioned this in the last two episodes, listeners, when we we're talking about the devolution of Tiffany. We are mm. watching Lacey become another person to try and systematically destroy Dallas. So Heather called this last week. So when Heather was giving us our last team roster, where everyone was getting a names, it was. Heather was the team captain, Christia and Brandy C were the Barbie twins, and Lacey specifically was labeled as the instigator. So she is living to her role. I mean, she did, like, reverse chokehold flip throw Jess into a pool. So, oh, that's okay. So she had already nowhere. been living this Yeah, role. so You're we still already right. know Lacey's a bit of a loose cannon, and she picks a fight with Dallas, and there's drinking and yelling, but, like, this is only the tip of the iceberg. I thought it was going to be, like, I didn't think it was going to get much worse. Because they go back to the house, and, like, it seems like it was almost taking a lighthearted turn back in the house. Where, like, the two teams were rallying behind their team leader. Where, like, the bad girls were getting Lacey all done in her PETA attire. And the good girls were, like, putting Dallas all up in every animal, leopard, cheetah, zebra print they could find. Which... I thought it was hilarious because Dallas was saying that she was wearing every piece of animal fur she could wear when it was very notably just, like, leopard cheetah print. Like, no, yeah. there were no leopards or cheetahs skins or harms in the making of this fight. <laughs> but there was snakeskin shoes. and love. Oh, the snakeskin shoes. That's right. That's Jess right. pulls out these snakeskin, and I was like, those are kind of cute. They basically, yeah, they doll them up, and they, like, parade them out into, like, the, the living room slash the foyer. I'm unclear of what each room's purpose is. It's like if someone went fucking crazy on The Sims. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah. It's like a Sims house that a five-year-old has done and 
not a five, like a 12 year old who's like, let me express myself and has no concept of functional living. That is so spot on. And so (laughs) I'm happy my analogy worked. And so then the girls come out and they're like cheering against their others and they're doing like a sad runway off ish thing. Or, like, they're just posing in front of each other. Yeah. And honestly, like, Dallas served. Oh, Dallas, it was over. Lisey, I was like, Mama, what's happening? Like, if this were an episode of Pose, Dallas would have sent Lacey's ass home. Oh, Lacey would have gotten a chop instantly. In. Lacey would have come through the ball, and then they would just be like, no, chop. Yeah, this was Dallas's battle to win, but Lacey did not relent. And this is where it just goes off the rails. So, like, it goes from this, like, semi-playful, semi-angry coral into pose battle into straight-up fight where Lacey just takes on a whole new mission. And she's like, I'm going to lightly physically assault Dallas so that she straight-up punches me in the face and gets eliminated from the house. So Lacey just goes and, like, pushes and pokes and prods and shoves and just tries to get Dallas to to snap and all things considered Dallas stays pretty composed this entire time she does like she's doing her best to not hit her like obviously there's also like this whole like broader conversation around kind of like the racial politics like Dallas can't hit Lacey Mm -hmm. um and so Dallas is like trying to get away and Lacey's like literally up her ass trying to get Dallas to punch her Ugh, it was such like, a mess, 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 mess. And, like, in such an unacceptable way, too. Like, I feel like a lot of reality TV has really come around to having open conversations as, as much as progress is still needed. Like, these conversations around, like, how it's unacceptable to typecast the person specifically as the angry Black woman. But this being, like, the mid-2000s, like, this was very specifically Lacey almost weaponizing her whiteness to be like, I'm going to make this black lady snap and just go off on me, you know? It was yeah, fucked. It was fucking nuts. And there are a few times when Dallas is, like, shoving, like, please get away from me, get away from me, get yeah. away from me. And, like, no one in the house is doing anything. They're, like, going up the stairs, and then Lacey's just being, like, fully out of her mind. And then who comes in to end the fight? But our lord and savior, Cindy Rodeo Steele herself. She, like, she was just over it. And, like, this is really where she solidifies her place as having zero interest in these party divides. She's like, I see bullshit happening. I don't care who's perpetrating the bullshit. It's very obviously Lacey right now. What she needs is a straight-up chokehold and to be thrown down these stairs. And that is exactly what she does. And it was, she ended the fight. Like, the entire time, Lacey was like, I'm going to provoke so I get punched. I'm going to provoke so I get punched. The person who punches me is going to get sent home. And then she provokes and she provokes and she provokes. And the wrong person comes at her. And instead of being like, Rodeo, you need to be sent home. I think Rodeo just commends such respect in this house where everyone was like, okay, yeah, that was fair. (laughs) Rodeo did what Big John should have been doing. Because allegedly Big John is security, but Rodeo is like, this bitch is out of the club. She restrained her and was like, you need to settle down. Like, where the fuck was Big John? That's so funny. Yeah, Rodeo really pulled the... Rodeo can do it all. 
She, Honestly. in the same way that they brought Wells back to be the permanent bartender in Bachelor in Paradise, they should have brought Rodeo back to be the permanent bodyguard for every subsequent season of Rock of Love. Oh yeah, because Rodeo isn't afraid to handle these girls. She would easily throw, there would have been much less mess if Rodeo was running the show. No, and, and like, I just, I just love that Rodeo just like made it known. She was like, this is my house. No one will be disrespected in it. And all the girls were like, you're right. And like, that's my girl. Yeehaw. And on that note, we're going to take a break before we continue the love letter that is the rest of this episode to Rodeo. Bye-bye. We get right into the dates, and this was surprising to me. Instead of doing one big group date, they actually split them up into two smaller kind of like two-on-one dates, which was an interesting twist. It had the potential to be like a little more intimate between the girls and Brett, so I'm excited for it. Yeah, I think it's definitely a different kind of vibe than if it was like all four of them, especially when we get into some of the shenanigans that happen on these dates. I feel like if there were four of them, it'd be even like, I'd be like, even more like what the fuck is happening oh fully and half of these girls got absolutely screwed with the date that they went on uh, absolutely and so our first date happens like the night they get back from motocross so like dallas and Lacey are fighting somewhere in the house and magdalena and sam are going on an intimate date with brett and so they stay in the house they go to the yard i believe also, yeah. did it happen after the fight? Like, these girls are loud. Like, did they not hear the, like, Lacey Dallas thing? But I guess that's, like, irrelevant. I don't know. But they're on you the date. Cl- you, claim that, you claim that they're at this big, luxurious mansion. So I'm sure it's big and spacious, so they can't hear it. Mansion. Mansion. <laughs> so they go, and they're going to watch a documentary <laughs> film about... Actually, that's generous. They're going to watch clips that kind of highlight Brett's life outside by the pool. And I don't know why I called it a documentary. It's not really a documentary. Both the words documentary and film were both so, so flattering to what this is. (laughs) (laughs) I just tried to retroactively get him nominated for an Oscar for Best Documentary Short. Um, Rock of Love. But so they watch this because Brett says he wants the girls to get to know him and then he can really get to know the girls. And so, like, on paper, I think this is a fun date idea for a reality TV show. In the real life, if someone was like, here's a PowerPoint slide about who I am, I would self eject from the date. Gone. And nor do I think I could ever make a PowerPoint about myself. Granted, I am not like a world-renowned rock star, so he does just have a lot more to talk about himself with, but I just would be so uncomfortable going on about myself that much, but that's just me. Yeah, I don't think I could do it, and so, but the girls seem pretty into the charm of this date, and then he takes turns interviewing them. And I feel like this date was probably super useful for Magdalena, who claims that being from Poland, she just has no idea who Brett Michaels is, no idea who Poison is, and it's just like, yeah, I don't know you. I'm here to know, like, you as a person, not you as a rock star, which is, like, 
nice in sentiment, but the way she expressed it was just kind of awkward. She was like, I don't know who you are. <laughs> and I think this brings up like an interesting conversation point is like, but why are you here? Like, I feel like part yeah. of the appeal of a, a celebrity reality TV dating show is like the cult of personality around that person. People are applying because it's Brett Michaels. Yeah, like, The Bachelor is in full swing at this point. Like, why not go for that? Or This was, like, the heyday of insane dating shows. Like, why this show? Why this yeah. firm, as Elwood said? <laughs> oh, <my>. bye. <laughs> but, yes, it was absolutely... Like, I, I appreciate the bluntness of which she was just like, yeah, I have no idea who you are. But it's such, like, a... It feels dis- disappointing because then on the other side of the date, you have Sam, who is, like, super into rock music and just, like, can rattle off names and songs and bands. And she kind of really understands, like, the culture of Brett's world. So it seems like Magdalena got, like, a, gets a little shafted, I think, on the date. Until it, the like, end. But... It becomes so obvious that this is mostly Sam's date real fast. But I don't know, to me, this was honestly one of the first genuine connections I feel like we've seen so far. Like, obviously, Rodeo has had many a genuine connection. I feel like he and Heather have had some really good, formative, almost friendship moments. But this, I, like, could really see two people connecting. You know, Sam opened up about her love for music, how the creativity that music opens up for her really has helped her overcome her learning disability and how rock specifically has been such a big part of that. And I just like, it seems like a very intimate, vulnerable moment for them. Oh, absolutely. It was like, in some ways it's very touching. And then it's just kind of like the polar opposite of Magdalena. Who's like, I have no idea who the fuck you are. No, I've never heard of poison in my life. And you're like, okay. I mean, you and me too, sis, but like, that's why I wouldn't go on rock of love. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Like, (laughs) Like the same for me. This ends the first portion of the date, and oh, fuck, so help me God. This next part of the date, I swear, took place in a basement of a frat house. Kyle tries to convince me it's actually Brett Michaels' bedroom, but the furniture and, like, the setup is, like, frat house basement. I'm so because con- they show the doors and like from my recollection of watching this back in 2008 like I'm pretty sure the doors they showed were his bedroom doors that many a girl has knocked on yes like I'll concede that but it's more so like the date setup itself is this weird leather couch that looks like it's been used too much and so it's really sunken in some spots and there are blankets on it And then there's, like, frat food. Like, there's nachos. Which I'm like, work, I love nachos. But I'm also... It was just weird. Like, I was like, does Brett have a varsity jacket he's gonna put on? Like... Oh, my God. Are we gonna hear about his lax team or something? Like, I was like, what is happening? You have Sam on one side, Magdalene on the other, and Brett on the middle. And they kind of just, like... This is an oversimplification, and Kyle can dive into the specifics, but it's like they just kind of take turns making out with Brett. It was so weird. It was so... So, like, technically, they both continued on with conversations, but, like, Magdalena would say a sentence, and then Brett would just make out with her, and Sam would just have to sit there. 
And then Sam would say a sentence and Brett would make out with her and Magdalena would just sit there. And like, I am just so confused by this because I can't tell. In my mind, there are one of two options. Option one, Brett just has no social awareness, has no idea that this is weird for the person who is not being made out with or, or just doesn't care. And the second option is that he was fully just trying to like get a threesome going and neither girl was into it at all. And I, I just have no idea which of those options it is. Like, it's truly a coin toss equally as likely 50-50. I have a few things. First, I think he does know. Like, he's aware. And he just doesn't give a shit. Like, he's like, this is my show. I'm trying to find my love. When else am I supposed to make out with these women? Not I bad. think it's a combination of his, like, the construction of his own show. And also his, like, whatever attitude about it, you know? And I guess his general rocker lifestyle, which he's been very open yeah. about. And it's interesting, though, because, like, the Sam thing isn't as smooth because she initially, like, recoils and goes on about how, like, kissing is a big deal for her. Not Obviously, she's allowed to change her mind and she's allowed to express her own perspectives on, like, how her body is feeling. But we go from her being like, I don't really know if I should kiss you, so she recoils, but then kisses him. And then Sam just saying, I really want to have an orgasm right now. And I was like, that has <sighs> escalated so quickly and Magdalena is still there on the couch in this frat basement the second Sam makes that orgasm comment which she dives into more and goes back and forth on more Magdalena may as well have gotten up and left the room like she was no longer on that date and I felt so bad for her you could like see in her face that she knew this date was over for her that Sam was this well like i don't know i think mandalena really made like more of a comeback in the last half it would just like it just got so awkward when sam was like i really want to have an orgasm and then brett's like i can totally make that happen but then sam's like oh but like i don't want to do it with all these like other girls and people watching and like I won't do it because you can't do anything with other people for a few days. And I was like, what is happening in this, like, microcosmic interaction of Rock of Love? I was like, there's so much going on right now. I actually identified with Sam in this moment as someone who, like, I don't know, like, it's a weird situation, you know? There are, like, 12 women right now all dating one man. She is literally on a date with another woman present, and she is, like, trying to negotiate her own needs and desires while also negotiating her boundaries both with Brett and it seems like at the same time herself you know like there's a lot on the table and I feel like it's kind of special and vulnerable that we got to watch this happen for her in real time you know like I actually felt like it was a really relatable moment because I feel like we've all been in those moments where we're with a guy and we're like I don't know what I want this to be. I don't know what I want to do. I kind of really want to do this, but then I want to give off this impression that I don't want to, you know, it was just like, I I just, I thought it was neat. (laughs) I I have never been in that situation. (laughs) So, but also I was like, wait, Kyle related to this. He's like, yeah, I don't want to do it when other people are watching. Like when people are around, I was like, what have you been up to? But I understand like, your like explanation your interpretation of that interaction like makes a lot of sense to me and i'm like yeah like that's totally fair if that is what was going on i that's do a lot I think- of projecting myself onto sam right now. yeah <laughs> kyle's like i am sam and sam is me <laughs> we are like twin flames or whatever i don't know so not like twin flames maybe i don't know anyways the way it was edited 
I don't know what was missing in between kissing is a really big deal for me and not wanting to do it and then vocalizing in front of the other person who's also on a date that you want to have an orgasm. That's what, like, I'm like, oh, like, this makes sense. Like, you're, like, negotiating. But also, like, you can negotiate. You can be like, this is what I need if we want to do this. But it's also, I'm like, well, you're not going to get that because you're on this show and it's Brett Michaels. Like, you can't I don't be think like, she realizes that yet, though. Like, I don't, I, don't mean to, I don't mean to dismiss Brett's desires, but, like, I feel like Sam is looking for something very different than Brett. And I just don't think she realizes that disconnect yet. On surface level, they're looking for the same thing, right? Like, Brett wants a girlfriend, quote-unquote. And Sam wants a relationship, right? With a musically inclined rocker. Yeah. But I think there's, like, there's an awareness of, like, Sam's process for it isn't the same as what the process actually is. Yes. I I get the sense that Sam wants to give Brett a reason to give up the rock and roll lifestyle. And that is not at all what Brett is looking for. Yeah, like, Sam wants a level of commitment on episode three. Yeah. That just doesn't exist. Oh, that's a whole nother layer. Like, this is episode three. The second date that we're going to get into with Rodeo and Brandy M is, like, much less weird. I think mostly because it doesn't take place in a frat house basement. Yeah. I don't know. I think the second two on one date goes better, though. Do we want to take a break or do we want to get right into it? Let's get right into it. But our second date the next day is with Rodeo and Brandy M and complete polar opposite of their like intimate night in brett's like we're going out friday night in the town we're starting with well it's an afternoon with, on the town an afternoon on the town elimination that night oh that's right the elimination oh god what a day literally they're laying by the pool big john comes out gives them this like you know when you go to hotels and like by the phone there's like this binder or it's like do you know what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like this thing, you open it, it has all the numbers and like yeah. the room service, like this bindery thing. He like hands them that and it like reads off something about a date. So they go and put on like sexy daytime wear, but it looks like they're both wearing like sexy pajamas. If you zoom out and you're just like looking at the outfits without knowing what they're doing, you're like, all right, like this serves the purpose. Yeah. If I They don't look bad. But then their looks also weren't the same level, or, like, I would say they were doing different things, but they're together on the same date, it and it's the like middle of the day. a little bit. Like, color-wise, yes. They both went for the pajamas, one was in all-white, one was black. It was, like, it seems like there was a planned-out storyline that might have actually been coincidence. And they both looked great, just not for a daytime date. Well, like, and a daytime date where you don't know what you're doing like the first stop on the date is they get in this limo and of course there's champagne or prosecco or whatever there's a bubbly white wine looking beverage brett is like we're going to he doesn't tell them they like pull up to ashley page who's a swimsuit designer apparently like a very well-known one at this time like has done swimsuits for electra i believe it says yeah but like mama this storefront I was like, where are we? <laughs> what in the Halloween spirit store realness is this <laughs> business? <laughs> are you just like a pop-up for like a day in this space? I don't care either way. I was into it. I have 
Oh, it was great. I was just like, he was like, we're doing this. And I was like, where? <laughs> None of these yeah. look like stores. But like, I don't know, what a cool idea. So the girls, each girl gets to go in, try on a couple of swimsuits, and then leave with like a custom fitted swimsuit of their own. Like, oh, designed like by Ashley best. Page. I would, like, I've never worn an Ashley Page bikini, but like... I feel like when you go on these dates and it's like sometimes there's like an outing and you go shopping, it's very hit or miss. And this was a huge win. Like you get a custom fitted swimsuit. Fuck yeah. Yeah. Gifts are not my love language, but like, I think this just seems like such a fun thing. Like, I don't know. I just don't go shopping with my girls enough, but like, I think it'd be so fun to be like, hey babe, like pick out something that you'd look super hot in for me. Like that'd be kind of fun. I just, I don't know if it's one of my love languages. I just like getting stuff. That's fair. <laughs> I'll maybe have to do that quiz again. But no, I it was a fun date. This, they all drink champagne. Like, even Ashley Page. Like, they're all just yeah. drinking, trying on swimsuits. Well, not Brett. Brett isn't trying on swimsuits. But they do little fashion shows for him. Basically live their best life. And it's also just a very pleasant date. Like, there's no weird energy around this date. It doesn't seem like anyone... Like, it doesn't seem like two women competing for a date. It truly seems like three people hanging out, and it just happens to be on a date. Yeah, and, like, there's no drama. There's no, like, weirdness between the other two. Like, with Sam and Magdalena, where you're like, oh, there's definitely, like, an intention imbalance. Yeah. Like, there wasn't any of this. And even... Even on the second part of the date, where they go out for, like, a nice rooftop lunch, like... They definitely show Rodeo dominating the conversation a little bit because she goes off about all of the pepper she's growing in her home garden, her five different blood transfusions growing up, her sword collection, her Olympic diving career. And like, Brandy like isn't necessarily threatened by it. She's just like, haha, Rodeo has a lot going on. And then just jumps in. She's like, yeah, I don't have as many hobbies, but like, choke me, spank me, call me names. I'm a happy camper. And like, she just like, Jumps right into it. Like, zero acknowledgement that she was oh, on the yeah. back burner for the date because she never let herself be on the back burner. It was just, I don't know, it was just such a nice dynamic. It was, it was great. Because, yeah, Brett was like, what are your turnoffs? And she's like, choke me, spank me, call me names. And I was like, ooh. And then Rodeo volunteers that she really likes the doggy style. Oh, I can't remember what Brandy M said. Well, I love I love Brandy M's sexual openness. She's just so funny. I love Brandy she was M. The same Brandy one who M is... So good. She's the one the who said she was ruled by her genitals, right? Yes, she's a Scorpio. Yes, she's a Scorpio. She's ruled by her genitals. I love Brandy M. Brandy M is really doing it for me, and it's nice that we get to have like more Brandy M time. Yeah. Um, did you ever find out where the rooftop lunch took place? I did not. So I, I swear they said the Bellagio, and I was so confused because that's in Vegas, and I'm pretty sure they're in LA. They are in LA. Um, let me see if I can find. I'm sure it'll pop right up if you Google where did Rodeo, Brandiam, and Brett have their date in Rock of Love season one. I'm sure, it, like, first answer. <laughs> okay, it does not come up. Oh, I was fully kidding. There's no way that would come up. <laughs> oh, I thought you were serious, but I did it. I was like, wow, Kyle is like, this is peak search engine optimization. Oh my God, the I SEO of these. I was like, there is no, no, I truly typed it up and I was like, oh, it doesn't say. 
but I committed. I, wow, accidental debt. I truly was like, oh, he's serious. Like, uh, it'll totally, this will be easy to find. I don't, I'm just like yeah. thinking out loud now, but I think another reason this date might've worked at whatever restaurant they were at is that like, these are, these are the only two girls who are not part of either team. And I feel like that lack of any tension on this date, just like, it, it, like, I feel like it shines through why they're not part of any of this household drama. Cause they're just like, chill girls who are like here for a good time and here for Brett, you know? But it was a good date. And so then Brett takes the girls home. They probably have more champagne in the car. Oh, for sure. And this is where our pleasantries just ends. Cause they bring us back to the house and the bad girls are just doing their bad girl business and working on their wall of shame, which is apparently this wall of just upwards of like 20 notebook doodles of every other girl in the house and they show the girls working on like this cartoon of Jess and her hair and like calling her Jess the clavicle and highlighting her collarbones first of all cruel second of all like maybe this is just me but I have always very much loved a good clavicle so I don't know that that's something to critique but yeah weird dynamic back at the house the house seems pretty stressful, and the wall of shame seems like, like if I saw myself on the wall of shame, I would just leave the house. Like I'd be like, "It's over." It would break me, and that's like... I couldn't do it. Like, and like Jess isn't that skinny. Like she's skinny, but she's not like. I think they're trying to make her out to be like an anorexic skeleton, and implies she's yeah. Like, yeah, and, and I was she like, looks I don't good. think she does. She looks fine. So yeah. that was pretty weird. And there's also a drawing of Erin and her clown boobs, as they call it. Which I don't understand what makes them clown boobs. But, I mean, I guess that's their artistic license. Yeah, I would love... I should go back and just, like, stop and capture every drawing they show and start posting those <laughs> on the Instagram page. Because some of these were wild, but, like... I honestly don't know if I would, I would promote them because, like, this is straight up, like, bullying. And maybe this is me being a goody-goody, but I didn't like it at all. It's, like, very Mean Girls burn booky, but with shitty cartoons. And, like, grown adult. Yeah. Microphone. So that, that sort of sets us up for, like, a very interesting cocktail party. It's not quite a cocktail party because I think that implies a degree of formality that this does not have. No. But they basically just get one last... The girls get one last chance to talk to Brett while they're all drinking. And Brett kind of just, like, walks around the house. It was honestly a pretty tame experience. Like, I feel like there wasn't too much noteworthy. I felt really bad for Sam and her conversation because I feel like this was an extension of their, like, discomfort on the date where Brett was very much checking out her chest and checking out her legs and Sam was like hey babe like can you look at me when I'm talking to you and he was like I am looking at you I'm looking at your chest and I'm looking at your legs and she was like I mean my eyes and he's just like ho ho and I was just like oh sweet Sam sweet sweet Sam I don't know the highlight of the night was really Lacey and Brett's conversation where Lacey really just plays the victim card hard and is like Oh, the white lady tears were to me. out. So out. It was very, like, white victimhood. And Brett, again, I, like, appreciate what he attempted to do. And he was like, okay, there's beef. Call her in. Three of us are going to sit down. And we're going to squash it. But, like, mm-hmm. that really is where his helpfulness ends. Because he brings Dallas in. And he's like, now go. 
Yeah, and it's like I have like what you're saying. Like on one level, you're like, oh, I love his like willingness to not have things fester in the house. Yeah, like he's like we're putting our cards on the table. But then I think where Brett is lacking, at least in this situation, is like he doesn't know what to do when the cards are on the table. They're like, okay, I'm bringing Dallas here. Go get Dallas. Someone he summons Dallas. Dallas appears. And then Lacey kind of just goes off the deep end again. It's very... I don't know why she's as upset as she is. I'm not even confident she's that upset. I really think she's just trying to get Dallas out of this house. Like, in the way that she... She said it before. Like, she wasn't fighting with Dallas because she had beef with Dallas. She was fighting with Dallas so that Dallas would punch her and get kicked out of the house. Like, I really think she is far less perturbed than she lets on and is just trying to get this girl out. Brett and his little confessional moment is like, you know, like, I kind of agree with Dallas more here. Like, I like my meat. I like to hunt. I like to wear the clothes I like to wear. But then on the other hand, he's like, I think I just like Lacey more, you know? So there's this really weird tension in Brett's own head, even outside of the external tension. Yeah, like, it's pretty clear. Like, I even think in this interaction and just like throughout the show when it's like, like, spoiler alert, Dallas goes home. But it's, like, there's not much. Like, Brett knows now it's one or the other at this point, And, like, he doesn't have enough of a connection or, like, evidence against Lacey. No. Um, to sort of, like, make it, like, oh, like, she's a horrible person. It's more just, like, she's a very aggressive vegan. Yeah. Although I would say Lacey's the villain of the episode, like, hands down. Oh, and Dallas got caught in the crossfires. Would I? Yeah. So, and really with that, that sort of just like sends us towards the elimination ceremony. The handing yeah. out of the backstage passes. Where I am surprised but pleased with our new first place person. The past two weeks we've had Rodeo in first place. This time our girl Brandy M gets the first pass. And like, she has been, I think a standout cast member, but has been very middle of the pack and where she gets her passes. So I'm proud of her for getting her first pass this week. Yeah, no, I love uh, Brandy M. She's really growing on me as a contestant on the show. Well, we have Jess in second place, which seems extremely left field. Yeah, right? We the one time you saw Jess was maybe once on a bike, and then when the girls were bullying her for being too skippy, they think. Yeah, and, like, I think this is the third week in a row that she's gotten the second pass, or at least definitely in the top three passes. But even Brett says when he's giving the pass, he's like, I don't really know this girl, but, like, I'm intrigued. Jess, come get your pass. It is, like, the call-out order is sort of like a ranking, you know? Yeah. Like, you can't really... As much as they probably say, like, in it's, like, no particular order, but it is an order. Like, last place is very strategic. Mm-hmm. And it's just a lot. And so, for Jess to, like, get second when she, like, li- even she's, like, what the fuck? Like, I didn't speak to Brett at all. Like, we don't yeah. really know each other. And so, where you're just like, does this make sense? Does it? Good for And me. I guess eventually it does, but, like... It's hard to see it right now. Yeah. Based on the show. I think maybe once the we whittle down the competition more, like next week onwards, she'll be getting more. It's just right now oh, we still sure. have a lot of competitors. Yeah. 
And then Heather rounds out the top three with her third pass. And a strong top three for this week. I'm into it. It's great. Like, it's, like, none of it's really surprising. Like, Rodeo's number four, which, like, great for them. Like, super happy. And then we kind of, like, go through the motions of everyone else. And we get down to our bottom three of the week, which are Lacey, Dallas, and Christia. And before Brett gives the final pass, I don't know, did he do this last week? I can't remember. But he's like, before I give out this pass, I'm eliminating someone right now. Yes, and he, last week he eliminated everyone before the last pass. Oh. So he eliminates Christia. And Brandy C is distraught that yeah. Christia is gone. I think she loved Christia more than she loved Brett. Which I get. Oh, absolutely. She's like, my best friend is gone. I'm alone. Like, I don't, I, like, I'm like, it's a competition. Like, of course, like, it's not going to be you two in the end. I know. Like, but they really do. Share him. I know, but like, th- that was their goal, though, right? Their goal was, or Br- at least Brandy C's goal was to be the main girlfriend of three girlfriends. And I feel like Christia totally could have been one of those other two girlfriends. Oh, yeah, she could have. It's just she didn't really, like, bring enough to the table with Brett. So he chops her. And it feels weird that, like, she doesn't just, like, get to leave. They kind of, like, she has to stay. Yeah. Until she's done. And then we have our bottom two, which is between, obviously, Lacey and Dallas. Reality TV at its finest. Like, they miss a lot of moments to produce, but they did not miss this one. I guess it's, like, the obvious choice to produce this moment, but it also is just kind of, like... He's picking Lacey. Like I know. Like there's no tension or drama. It's he's picking Lacey. And he does ultimately end up picking Lacey and sends Dallas packing. And Dallas is not happy, which I fully respect. She storms out of the house, does not say goodbye to Brett. She has Lacey nagging after her, being like, You're rude, you're rude, you're rude. Brett's like, I invited you into this house and you can't even say goodbye. And Dallas is straight up, I think her exact words were, eat my shit. Like, Truly, like, good for her. Like, it was a shitty experience. She had fucking psychopath Lacey. Yeah. Or not psychopath, but like, Lacey being too much. And then before that, she had to deal with the racial slurs from Tiffany. Like, it was, like, not a good environment in the house. Yeah. And if your man's not going to back you up after that, I fully don't blame her for, for being actively angry at someone who wouldn't have her back you know so i'm on her team here oh yeah no i'm like totally team dallas like i'm like yeah i probably would have done the same like i don't know why like Lacey's press like it's over and if anything it just like makes her look even worse than she's already come across yeah like this episode was not good for Lacey. i know and i still i there's still an inkling of me that wants to be rooting for her because she is still such still such good tv but hard to after this one really rooting for her because i want her on our podcast (laughs) we're rooting for everyone because we want them all on our (laughs) pod especially rodeo especially rodeo but yeah another oh my god if we got tiffany yeah there's our third week we did it we did it team we did it joe we did it, um, And so next week, we're going to dive into episode four, and we're going to keep this Rock of Love rolling. Oh, Does I that like work? that. Keep that Rock Does of Love work? rolling. Yeah. Yeah, yeah look, we're going to keep that Rock of Love. Show. <laughs> oh, my God. If only I could travel back in time and be like, guys, I have some taglines. <laughs> I, I think you should do it. 
Find a physicist, date him, have him build you a time machine. It's very important. Build a time machine. Years-long projects of the work just to pitch. Why don't we say let's keep this rock of love rolling and have the writer's <laughs> room lose it? Like, that I'm, yeah, I'm done. Like, that's it. That's me. That's my curtain call. I'm like, we did it, Joe. Again. But thanks everyone for joining us. And yep. as always, you can find us on across social media on VH underscore hunties on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. And you can email us. Where can they email us, Kyle? At vh.hunties at gmail.com. Not to be confused with the underscore. Um, but yeah, we would love to hear any thoughts, questions, concerns, and once again, recipes. So hit us up. Yeah, and don't forget to follow us on Spotify and leave a review for our program. Yeah, and we will see you next Monday. XOXO, your VH Hunties. Bye-bye. Ciao.